Good morning. I want to share with you a story about a man who lived through uncertain times. He had a particular problem and that was that God didn't seem to be doing anything to sort his difficulties out. However, by the end of the story, this man experienced quite a turnaround. From being perplexed, he was at peace. From not coping, he was able to handle the things that life was putting his way without it sinking him. He starts out angry with God, but ends up singing. The remarkable thing is nothing actually changed in his circumstance. In fact, God indicated to him that things were probably going to get worse before they'd get any better. But what God did do is give this man the tools he needed to deal with the situation that he was going through. Now, this man's name is Habakkuk. And starting today and throughout most of May, we're going to be looking at lessons that we can see from the life of Habakkuk and his prophecy. One thing I'd just like to tell you about Habakkuk is that he was, his emphasis was different to most prophets. Most prophets would be just simply telling out God's message to people. Habakkuk was doing that, but he had a problem and he wanted to solve that problem. That was his main issue. And the problem that he had was that why was God acting in a way that just didn't seem to make any sense at all? So Habakkuk made two complaints to God, and we read about those in chapter one. Firstly, he complains that God was not doing anything, as I say, to put things right that were wrong in his country. In verse three, he says this, why do you, Lord, make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Now, God replies to Habakkuk, and I don't know if Habakkuk was pleased about that or not. He certainly wasn't pleased with what God said, because what he said was that God was going to deal with Habakkuk's godless country, Israel, by sending a ruthless foreign army to invade the Babylonians. And so this is what God said in reply to Habakkuk's first complaint in verses five to seven. He says, look at the nations, Habakkuk, and watch. And be utterly amazed, because I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. I'm raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings, dwellings not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law to themselves. So in a bit of distress, I think, Habakkuk pours out his second complaint to God in bewilderment and not believing that this is what God is doing. He says in verses 12 to 13 in reply to God, Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, will you never die? Sorry, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. But your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent? while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves. Well, that was Habakkuk's situation. So, well, what can we learn from that that could help us whilst we are ourselves in our own sort of time of uncertainty? Four things I'd like to share with you. And the first thing is that when troubles come, we should not overreact, neither should we underreact. We can first of all overreact. You see, we read that the Bible says that God is good, and it's true. I believe that with all of my heart. But then you might say, well, if he's good, why, can he, why does he allow bad things to happen in our world and sometimes in our lives? 
And so some could say, could conclude, well, therefore God might not be good or he's not bothered about me or maybe he doesn't even exist at all. Either way, people can take offence at what either God is doing or what he's not doing and walk away from him. A man called Eugene Peterson said this, he said, when disaster strikes, understanding of God is at risk. Well, Habakkuk doesn't take the huff. Um, he doesn't walk away from God. In fact, there's not even a hint in this passage that indicates that's the opposite. He uses terms like my God, my Holy One, my rock. There's only one place Habakkuk is, is going when problems hit and that is nowhere he's staying put he's staying with god he's god is his rock his life but the second thing we can do is underreact you see well i don't understand what god is doing you could say well i don't know why god people have prayed about this virus for example and it's still there why is that you know and our instinct might be well you know let's let's just keep quiet about this you shouldn't really question things um, and of course we don't want to give God a bad press do we but really that's not that good either is it because it's rather dishonest it's just sweeping the issue under the carpet Habakkuk doesn't do that either he doesn't overreact he doesn't underreact his angst and his upset is very openly in in the letter as you read it expressed to God he fall he falls short of accusing God of wrongdoing but in the very strong, in very strong terms, he does complain to God and challenges him about, have you got it right, God, really, here? Here's the thing. God can cope with our doubts and with our uncertainties and with what we feel is our lack of faith and understanding of God. He can cope with that. That's fine. In fact, 1 Peter 5 and verse 7 says this, cast all, not just a bit, but all your care upon the Lord. Why? because he cares for you and he God is not one slightest bit disillusioned by you if you've got doubts and worries and, and concerns and you wonder what on earth is God doing that's okay in fact it's quite normal Habakkuk had those thoughts and fears and so have I many times in my life so the first thing that will help us to handle uncertainties and difficulties in our life is by staying faithful to God but also being honest and open with him about things that trouble us. The second thing we need to bear in mind is that we cannot judge God by our own understanding. Israel was supposed to be a light to the non-religious or the non-God people of the world. They were meant to, in a, in a sense, save the world. Yet here was this nation, Israel, on the back foot and threatened with captivity from the very people that they were meant to be influencing. Have you ever thought in your life things are going in the opposite way to the way that you thought they would be or should be doing? Well, as I say, that was Habakkuk's experience. He could not see Habakkuk. He could not see that his nation would be taken by these Babylonians into exile and down the centuries they would build synagogues through the ancient world. There would then arise over time God-fearers, that is pagans attracted to Israel's God, who would become the main people who would believe the gospel when it is preached by the early apostles and through whom the early church would grow rapidly 
and spread throughout the world and Christianised the world. Well, Habakkuk couldn't have a clue about that the hundreds of years before all this would take place. And here's the thing, something I've found in my life, I don't know about you, but I've found that God is working to a strategy and a plan in my life and in your life and in other people's life that usually, at least to start with, is invisible to us. And so what we need to do is to be patient and trust God that even when it seems nonsensical, we need to maintain our trust in God. Third thing, God turns our defeat into victory. In Acts 13 and verse 41, Paul quotes Habakkuk 1.5, where I read, look and be utterly amazed. This is Paul quoting Habakkuk. Look and be utterly amazed. I'm going to do something in your days that you would never believe. Well, what is Paul referring to here? How is he, is he interpreting Habakkuk's prophecy? Well, it's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, who the Father sent into the world to die for the sins of the world, to die to save the world. And Habakkuk's questions are fully answered in and through the person of Jesus. You see, people looked at Jesus on the cross, didn't they? And they sneered at him and they said, what good could come from that? Just like Habakkuk, when he was told the Babylonians were going to invade, what good could come from that? But the defeat that Habakkuk was about to face was reenacted centuries later when Jesus was defeated on the cross. Of course, we know, don't we, that it wasn't actually a defeat because three days later, the most glorious victory occurred when Jesus was raised from the dead by the Father, defeating death and hell and shame and trouble. And so God turns defeat into victory and Jesus death and resurrection means that we can now be forgiven and raised to a new and eternal life and by the indwelling presence of his spirit we cannot be defeated or overcome by our troubles found something very interesting uh, recently a report by YouTube that said that there has been a thousandfold increase in inquiries about how people can pray a crisis, a virus that defeats us, but in the end turns people to God. A, a minor victory, okay, but it's just interesting, isn't it? So God turns our defeat into victory. You say, well, that's okay, Hugh. That's fine. I, that, that I receive that. I can I accept that. That's great. But listen, I'm hurting now. I'm still feeling this. Well, here's my last point, and that is that God sustains us while we're in the middle of trouble. Now, like Habakkuk, Jesus was perplexed on the cross. He used his phraseology partly. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the present situation can evoke, can't it, feelings of fear, abandonment, even hopelessness. But, you know, on the cross, Jesus took on himself our fear, our abandonment, our hopelessness on himself. He actually, you know, truly was abandoned by his father, wasn't he, momentarily, as he bore the sin of the world. But this is a wonderful thing that Jesus does for us by the Holy Spirit who lives within us. 
and that his is he carries our burdens carries our burdens As psalm 46 says god is an ever present help in time of trouble it's not just a theory it's an actual present help jesus says come to me all you who are weary and burdened and i will give you rest he says i'll never leave you i'll never forsake you so what do we do what do we do when we're going through uncertain and sometimes difficult times whether it's to do with this virus or any other thing that you may be facing we respond to difficulties by keeping our trust firmly and squarely in the lord in the rock we cast all our cares upon him we wait and look for the victory that will emerge from our trouble it will emerge from your trouble and while we're waiting for that we rest in the knowledge that underneath and round about are the everlasting arms to sustain us well may god bless you richly as you live in the reality of his word and his abiding presence in your life god bless you and thanks for watching